Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm a high performance coach who uses science, spirituality, and play to help you remember who you are so you can welcome more ease, joy, and abundance into your life. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited for this week's episode. I hope you love it very, very much. But before we get to that, have you gotten your human design chart from me yet? You can get it for free from me at kelseyabbott.com. So come on over. If you haven't gotten your chart yet, come on over and get it. And if you've gotten your chart or that just doesn't light you up, but you want to know how you're doing in alignment, come on over to kelseyabbott.com and take the alignment quiz. The link to both of these is in the show notes. I love you so much. Enjoy this episode. Amy, I'm so excited you're here. I am so excited to be here. I just love you so much. And I love the time that we've just been chatting right now. I love getting to know you over the past few months. I just, even if I signed up for house therapy to the image I've been shown is like somersault into your lap, essentially. I am so grateful for that. Oh, I'm so grateful too. And, and I feel like it's so unexpected because I think at least for me, I had no, literally no idea of then who the, who our teacher is, who's Amanda. I'm like, I wonder what this is going to be like. Mm -hmm. I had a very strong, like, I was like, I don't know. I'm supposed to do it. I know I'm supposed to do it. I don't know why, because I had like, no, the idea of getting certified in feng shui. I was like, eh, eh. I want to know all the things, but I really feel like I'm in it for the people. So I think I was, I was open to all of the magic, the house magic, the people magic, the Amanda magic, all the magic, all of it, all of it. So let's, let's get started. Would you like to introduce yourself? What do you want to say about yourself? Oh, so because we're on a human design podcast, I will start with my human design. I think that feels appropriate. So I am a one, three, uh, sacral manifesting generator. Well do done. other and any other any other identifiers for your human design community that feels meaningful? I'm gonna share with people that your sun personality gate is a gift of awe and wonder, and you have this gift of really feeling awe and wonder for the whole life experience, and that's one of the massive gifts that you give the rest of us. Oh, I, my heart just like feels that so deeply. Like all these, this flow happens, uh, and I am someone who is filled with awe and wonder. Uh, a funny story about that is I used to offer retreats in Japan and uh, my co-facilitator is Japanese. It was based in her community. And the second year I came back, she was like, does Amy forget everything we've done here? And then she didn't say anything. So then the third year I showed up exactly the same with like this immense awe and wonder. And she's like, I just have to ask you, like, every time you come here, do you not remember what we <laughs> and done and like experienced. And I was like, no, it's not that. It's just, it's, I really take life in the present moment and it cracks literally not just cracks my heart wide open, but it's like my soul came here to have these, like what I call like mundane to sacred exchanges with everything and everyone, like from flowers to like, we, you know, the gravel on the ground. <laughs> like I am someone who has just this humility around how magnificent being alive is. And I 
That's definitely one of the things that I actually like absolutely adore about you. And it's so interesting hearing you describe that gift because I have, it's a different human design gift. It's the gift of childlike wonder. And those two are just so complimentary. So while you're just like in awe of everything, I'm just like playing with everything. Like it goes from like my constant need to, if there's a strange foot, fruit on the ground or something I need to squish it with my foot and find out what it is what like is it hard is it squishy what does it smell like I need to know these things um to just like constantly like I don't know I'll say it people be like no you do know what you're doing and I'm like no really I don't know we're just we're just gonna roll with it yeah just gonna make it up outside of my human design um, identifiers I was a psychotherapist and an art therapist uh, for over 20 years. And I was a trauma and attachment expert. I was a child therapist uh, working with sex abuse and sex trafficking outside of DC for a long time. And then over the pandemic times, I shifted into full-time coaching. <laughs> so that's a very um, abbreviated uh, trajectory of my professional career, but uh, it's it, it's important to just get the cliffs notes sometimes. I um I learned about art therapy as part of your background in your email yesterday. I majored in psychology and art history in college. So everyone thought I was going to go into art therapy, but no, I went on to study killer whales for a little bit then came back to the psychology side of things because MG. Um, so you feel like the perfect person to explain to the whole world what's the difference between therapy and coaching. So this is such an important conversation. I actually was meeting with uh, a documentarian who's looking at doing a documentary on the coaching industry. So when I share what I'm going to share, there's absolutely no judgment and no criticism. And I don't believe there's a right and a wrong way. I'm sharing this because a lot of people who both seek out therapy and coaching, they really want help. Like if it's helped to grow and thrive and succeed or if it's help because I'm really struggling. Um, and they're looking, they're putting their vulnerability in the coach or the therapist hands. And the biggest difference for me between coaching and therapy is that therapy, you, you definitely have to be trained. So coaching, there's no training, but when someone comes to me, a lot of people come to me and they're like, should I really see a, a therapist still, or should I come to you as a coach? And so I'm at, at this threshold a lot with clients that are coming to me. For me during the pandemic, it became very clear that the people who really struggled, who it just felt like it wasn't going to get better, or I need a lot of handholding and, or I have a clear mental illness, or um, I'm just okay with kind of getting by day to day. That to me feels like more of the psychotherapy camp. And there's many different kinds of modalities. So if you're someone who has those things, but you've tried talk therapy and it's not working, I highly suggest seeking out a somatic, somatically trained psychotherapist. So talk therapy is a uh, top-down processing. So using your brain to change what's happening in your life, whereas somatic psychotherapy is bottom-up. That's really important and really helpful when you have all those things I just spoke about. Whereas coaching... <laughs> The coaching industry is such a continuum, which I'm sure you've had different um, guests speak about, or you've spoken about on your own. And 
when you're going to a coach because you want something different and you don't have those other challenges, it's still important from my perspective to be discerning about who you work with because there's all this kind of debate about should the coaching industry be um, more regulated or credentialed? And I'm not here to comment on that, but you can use your own inner guidance system, your own wisdom to say like, I want to go to someone who is walking their talk, but also has the actual technical skills to help me because many coaches have been taught through business, business coaches. If you've been through this life experience, you should be able to offer this kind of coaching. Like if you've been divorced, you could be a divorce coach. And while there is some merit to that, most people's personal experiences are so complex and nuanced that we can't just use personal experience to coach somebody. And we were talking in our pregame before this, this, um, podcast about we both come with a lot of um, training and a lot of expertise and wisdom to our own coaching backgrounds. And it's just, for me, it's, it's quite, I have so much um, frustration and compassion for people who've paid a lot of money to a lot of people. And oftentimes it's coaches who have said, oh, I can help you with this, but then they don't have the technical skill set to help the client move past it. So I don't know where you stand on these things, but this, this so is, my I'm a hundred percent with you. Um, and I, I'm a little, I'm winking at the universe right now because I think this is so sassy because I didn't know we were going there in this conversation. And this is something that I've been considering. No, I haven't even thought about talking about on the podcast in a year, but like for years, I was like, we need to talk about the difference between coaching and therapy. We need to talk about certification and in coaching. We need to talk about like accreditation and all of that stuff. And here we are. Comes out of Amy's mouth. It's perfect. Thank you. Do you have like your um, ACC and all your coaching stuff? I'm just curious. So I don't have. I let mine lapse. I don't have those things, but I did formally get trained in neurolinguistic programming, which is NLP. So I went through a whole coaching program that's NLP focused. Um, and maybe at some point I'll become ICF uh, certified, which is the main credentialing body yeah. for one of the main coaching uh, credentialing bodies. But I have, I still have my license. I still keep up with continuing education, education credits for psychotherapy and art therapy. So I'm still continuing to get a lot of support. And, you know, what I also tell clients is many therapists kind of go outside of therapy and do coaching. So a lot of like continuing education credits, like are very coach focused, but many therapists, that's a blind spot for them. And just like many coaches go into therapy and that's a blind spot for them. So I think about it as like this interchangeable, like three-dimensional Venn diagram, where it's like, we both have blind spots. We carry those and it's our personal responsibility, but it's also the prevention, the professional realm and also the consumer's responsibility. Yeah. And no, so, like no, as a coach, when you're like, mm, you should talk to your therapist about this. And no, as a therapist, this is better for coaching. Yeah. And people will ask me when, when they come to work with me, can I continue to see my therapist? I said, of course, like if that's what you, you discern, yeah. I trust that like there's not um, this way or that way. And many clients, um, you know, over time, they, 
they realize, oh, I really only just want one, one person in my yep. most personal sphere. Yeah. And a lot of people will realize too, in my experience, that they want to go in one direction because yeah. I, I feel like the way my shorthand for coaching versus therapy has been very shorthand as in therapy will take you from a dysfunctional past to a functional present and coaching will take you from a good present to an awesome future. I love, I love that because sometimes when you look up infographics, it will say therapy focuses on the past and coaching focuses on the future. And that's, that's really oversimplifying. Yeah. Because sometimes we have to reference unresolved business and coaching yeah. with human therapy. You're not going to be like, oh, we don't talk, we don't talk about that. Right. It's like, so it's, it's an oversimplification when, yes, I think the way you just like succinctly said that, I think that that's really accurate as a whole. Thank you. Yes. yes. Okay. So moving right along, where do we want to go next? Two MGs here with all these things to play with. We can talk house therapy. We can talk um, like ancestral healing. We can talk somatic experiencing we can talk okay here's what just came through mm -hmm. so i think we i think the ancestral healing and house therapy together and maybe some somatics will come in so what came through for me is we were talking a bit beforehand uh, because we've been in this course together for this is our ninth month mm -hmm. uh, so we know each other to a certain degree part of what drew us both like on a soul level to house therapy was the idea of the cosmic trilogy. And yes. this isn't something that will be Googleable. It's really passed down through the oral wisdom tradition from our teacher, Amanda Gibby Peters. So I feel like this is a good time to share that because I think a lot of your listeners will be, it will really resonate with them. Yes. So please share with us. What does it mean? Okay. So the cosmic trilogy talks about there's three kinds of luck in this life for all of us. So there is the uh, heaven luck, which is around ancestors, karma, astrology, the cosmos, uh, human design. Then it's all a third. So it's not rank order either. That's important because I'm not just, I'm not doing them in any particular order. Then the second one is earth luck. And earth luck is your home, the land, all of your possessions and everything kind of in your midst. Then the third luck is the human luck. And so the human luck is thoughts, beliefs, shame, worthiness, um, agency, capacity. Would you, yeah. do you have anything to add to any of those? No, I think it's perfect. It's, I mean, I think that like the shortest way to say it is, um, heaven luck, think everything that feels super woo woo. So you're here, you love it. So the stars, astrology, all the systems that help you remember who you are at a soul level, earth, luck, everything you can touch. So your actual home, your actual land, the ancestors that lived on your land, the actual like mama earth, all of the environmental sustainability feels like it's there. And human luck is psychology. Yeah. essentially. Yes, a hundred percent. And I would say for myself and most people who really vibe with me, 
they're super aware of the impact of the heavenly luck and then the human luck. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm someone who personally is in like right relationship with the land, I talk about, I live on the Doeg land outside of Washington, DC. I'm very conscious of gentrification, all those different factors. I unconsciously bypassed the relationship with my home and the potentiality of co-creation with my home. So earth luck was not on my conscious radar. Until what drove you to it? So I bought this house and um, I come from, uh, I grew up on Wick. I come from a lot of poverty and I was able to co-create this house with the old woods, the woods that I was living in. I asked the woods to manifest this house and the woods where I used to live outside of Washington, DC, they literally called these woods that I live in. I live by hard, hard woods, like oaks and elms and poplar, poplar tulip trees. These trees collaborated for me to get this house over 300 people looked at this house and this house, the land, my ancestors created a snowstorm. So my bid was one of the only ones that had like thoroughly vetted with the inspection and it just was, it's a miraculous story. I hadn't heard that yet. And wait, did you, you grew up in this area? No, no. I grew up outside of Pittsburgh. I grew up, your people will love this. I'm not making this up. I grew up in a town called moon township, like the moon in the sky. Oh, I love it. (laughs) So I grew up in a different, a different, a different um, area, but um, I've been in Washington or outside of Washington, in and outside of Washington for over 20 years. Okay. So then you have this house. Yeah, you have a house. I have this house. And right before I buy it, literally, I don't even know, but I found Amanda Gibby Peters on Instagram. And I, I'm like, oh, I need to take this level one class. This is really important for me. And I'm literally moving into this house right when the class starts. And I started to really get curious around like very, you know, foundational pieces of, of feng shui and how to, how to create a relationship with the essence of my home. And then over time, I was like, I want to know more. I want to go deeper. And that's how I found myself in house therapy, but this house, it just, it has been through a lot of trauma. (laughs) And so the person who lived here, she was a magistrate and she was really high functioning in the community at one point. But then over time, she became a hoarder and a recluse. And there were literally bushes growing above the windows and trees growing out of the roof. And all these beautiful hardwoods were not really taken care of. It was kind of used as a dumping ground. And the person who was in between our our ownership, he flipped the house and he made it absolutely stunning. Like it's an open floor, floor plan. My intention is to hold retreats here. I've been holding retreats here. But then this woman lived here for decades. And so it's kind of like our, when our honeymoon phase ended, all of the emotional labor that this house took on really came out physically. So just a couple of weeks ago, I found out that I have to have my foundation um, adjusted because the house has sunk by like an inch since I moved in. And it was kind of like when people do, um, they, they go to personal development coaching and they're like, oh, I have all these beautiful goals. 
And then, oh my gosh, I'm in the messy middle and I have to face this stuff that I didn't know was in my blind spot. So that's what the house has basically been initiating me into. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, if people are following Kelsey, you'll probably know about a little bit about feng shui and house therapy, which is different parts of your home have different energy centers that are here to teach you lessons and also give you gifts. So I am here to learn big lessons around wealth, generational wealth, around um, sustainably profitable business. In, in house therapy and feng shui, you can look at the number of your home. So you take all the digits of your home, even if you're an apartment and you add them up. And my house is an eight, which is uh, the number of abundance. And then you can also look at the shape of your property. The shape of my property is literally like a money purse, like an old fashioned money purse. And that also points towards wealth. So I am um, being initiated to a different kind of wealth. And that goes into the ancestors talk because my ancestors had a lot of intergenerational trauma, a lot of ups and downs with money. And I'm here to break those cycles, both around the emotional and physical abuse, but also around the ups and downs with money. Amy, did you know your North node is in the gift of managing resources, which is about making money? I think you may have mentioned this to me, but your viewers need to hear this. Yeah, I I had forgotten that. Um, I also, oh, wow, I just moved a whole lot of windows on my computer. I didn't know I could do that. Um, I also, I think that our wealth center in our home is associated with the root center in human design, something that you have open. So yeah, you're really being called, I mean, foundation also root. Holy moly. Your house is just sassy. AF. She's here. Like she's calling me. She's calling me in. I don't feel she's calling me out. She's calling me in, in a very clear, clear and compassionate way that I cannot ignore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think sometimes it's easy to believe that we're doing everything possible, but then sometimes we get offered an opportunity. And because both of us are being initiated through house therapy, it's it's coming through our homes. Yeah. And I think for your listeners, because I'm sure they're devout students of human design or personal development, and even probably they take care of their bodies or enjoy movement. So this is a place of really untapped wisdom and, I'm excited for them to hear about it from. from it's both. like, I think of it like you didn't know you could have another teammate. I and, love that. And based on my experience and what brought me to feng shui, you didn't know you could have like, uh, I don't even know, scoundrels, the word I'm thinking of just because of the scoundrel cure, but um, like something that's kind of defeating you until you move into a home that's like, Oh, finally, someone that's going to do the things so we can work together. But that path to the work together phase, a little little bumpy. Yeah. Put some, we're going to put some elbow grease into this. Yeah. 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 Cause when your home starts talking to you really loud, it gets very literally loud. Our bathroom fan has become very loud. Yeah, it's all just so sassy. You can't miss it. Won't, you, you cannot ignore it. No, you can't. Rather than like having something break in your body or like your computer crashes. It's like your home's like, no, no, this is this is like 
you can't ignore this. You can't just be like, I'm going to get a new computer. or I'm just going to push through this with PTA. I am going to, it's going to take time and persistence and like the ability to have compassion, not only for your home, but yourself, mm-hmm. which I think is a beautiful, a beautiful practice. Yeah. And to look, look at the home. So like, look at the outside and then look on the inside and just be willing to do the work and ask for all the help. Yes. Be open to all, all of the good things, all the good things. And I think for me, and part of what I offer people is kind of this reconnection to ancestors. And so many people that come to see me, they have um, complex family histories and it's not about even the people, if you have, if you have a lot of complex trauma in your history and your lived history, I'm not telling you have to reconnect with anybody, but it's about what I call the the wise and well and bright benevolent ancestors of the 10,000 that came before you. So somewhere down the line, way back where you don't have to know, I work with a lot of people who are adopted. You don't have to know your family tree, but somewhere back there, there are people rooting for you and cheering you on. And they've prayed for your decision-making process and your potentiality and your capacity and all of the joy and vibrancy and wonderfulness that you're here to live. It might have skipped like many, many generations in between, including maybe how you grew up. Um, But just like your home is an undertapped resource, your wise and well and bright benevolent ancestors are a wonderful resource. And the intergenerational patterns that have been passed down that are embedded with trauma between, you know, father-daughter relationships or how um, siblings treat each other or the family's relationship with money or if you feel an emotion way bigger than everyone else in your family, like sometimes those are all intergenerational patterns um, and you can do work to resolve that within yourself, but also give it back to your ancestors who are willing to take it, not the ones who pass down the, the patterns, but you can break the cycle and give back the burden. And I think a lot of people don't know that that's possible. And I think a lot of people in this time, in our generation, we're not going to name it. That's way too complicated, but um, are here to heal all of that ancestral stuff. They're at the end of the line. Yep. Like you're feeling it big time, heal it, end it. We move forward, move onward. We don't take it into the new paradigm. And your house can help you with that. A skilled coach can help you with that, right? It's not something that is magically thinking. Like it can't just be like, because I don't think about it, it's going away. Like that's oftentimes when it will keep on showing up in many different ways through your home, through your finances, through your love life, through your, your, your body image, like all those different ways through your, your pleasure threshold. Like it will keep showing up until you are willing to say, let's, let's have a conversation with this and let's work through this. Mm. I feel like that's a great place to end today's conversation. And I want to have more. I love it. Can we do a bunch more of these? Do a bunch more of these. Okay, thank you. Um, so we're gonna end that one here. So please tell people where they can find you, how they can reach out with you, and how they can work with you. Thank you. So the best way to be consistent with me is my newsletter. So you can find my newsletter through my website, which is just my name, amybabish.com, A-M-Y-B-A-B-I-S-H.com. I'm also on Instagram and it's it's a very MG relationship with, with Instagram. <laughs> 
So sometimes I'm somewhat consistent. Sometimes I'm consistent in my stories. Sometimes life happens and I'm not going, I don't say I'm taking a break or going MIA. It's just life's happening and it's not my priority. So I really listen to the priorities at hand. Um, and you can e- always email me if you have questions, amy at amybabish.com. I offer coaching packages that start at $1,200 a month. And I have lots of classes and retreats and all kinds of things that are very juicy, uh, both virtual and in person. Beautiful. You are such a beautiful human. Thank you for this. I'm excited for more. I am excited to know you. I love you. Love you too. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, please share it with anyone else you know who needs to hear it. And if it lights you up to do so, please leave a five-star rating and a glowing review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Now, let's talk about you. If you don't have your human design chart from me, go and get it at KelseyAbbott.com. If you are interested in one of the Find Your Awesome Podcast events coming up, go to KelseyAbbott.com. You will find everything you need there. Thank you so much for listening. You're amazing. You are wonderful. I love you so much. Go forth and be awesome. Awesome.